0: Afternoon, everybody. This is Ali Moon. You are listening to Lyrical Audio Candy Tour. This is where we explore books, poetry, and quotes that please every taste. So, come on, let's go. Literary treats. Oh wait. All right, everybody. All I have time for is one letter, and this is actually a really long letter, so I hope you enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> All right. Here's letter 71 for you. This is a reading of Dangerous Liaisons, a book by Pierre Chadelon de Le Enjoy. Letter 71, The Vicomte de Vamont to the Marquise de Montoy. "'My pea-brained valet has gone and left my letter-case in Paris. "'My beauty's letters, Don's news to the little vorange girl. "'Everything is still there, and I need it all. "'He is going to go back and make up for his stupidity. "'And while he is saddling his horse, I'll tell you what happened last night, "'for I beg you to believe I am not wasting my time.' The affair in and of itself was nothing special, just the reigniting of an old flame with the Vicomtesse de. but the details were of interest to me. I am very pleased, in any case, to show you that, though I have a talent for ruining women, I have just as fine a talent, when I like, for saving them. I always opt for the most difficult or the most amusing course of action, and I do not regret a good action as long as it is entertaining or challenging. So I found the Vicomtesse here, and, as she added a pressing invitation to the others, I received to spend the night in the chateau. I said, All right, I agree, on condition I may spend it with you. That is impossible. She said, "Vrasak is here. Up to that point, my one concern had been to be polite. But as usual, that word impossible made me defiant. I felt humiliated to be sacrificed to Vrasak, and determined I would not put up with it. So I insisted. The circumstances were not favourable. Vrissac has been silly enough to get on the wrong side of the vicomte, so the vicomtesse cannot receive him any longer. And this trip to the good comtesse had been planned between the pair of them to try to steal a few nights together. At first, the vicomte was rather put out by finding Vrissac there, but as his interest in hunting is stronger than his jealousy, He stayed, and the comtesse, in her usual fashion, after having settled the wife in the room off the long corridor, her husband on one side of her, and the lover on the other, and let them sort it out between them. Unfortunately for both of them, I had the bedroom opposite. That very same day, that is to say yesterday, Vrussac, who as you may imagine, likes to keep the vicomte sweet, was hunting with them in spite of not caring very much for it. It was looking forward to making up for the boredom of being with the husband all day by lying in the arms of his wife at night. But I decided he should have some rest after his exertions and set to think of ways of persuading his mistress to allow him time for that. I succeeded and managed to obtain her consent that she would pick a quarrel with him about the same time hunting expedition which of course he had only agreed to because of her you could not have hit upon a worse pretext but there it is no one more talented than the vicomte at substituting a bad mood for a reasoned argument though all women do it, and at never being so hard to appease as when she is in the wrong. Anyway, it was not the time for arguments, and only wanting one night I consented to them making it up the next day. So, she was in a sulk with Versac when he came back. He wanted to know why, and she picked a quarrel with him. He attempted to stand up for himself, but the husband was present, which served her as an excuse to bring the conversation to a halt. So he tried to take advantage of the moment when the husband was not there to ask her if she would see him in the evening. It was then that the Vicomtesse surpassed herself. She railed at the audacity of men who, because... They have won a woman's favours, believe they always have the right to them, even when she has reason to complain about their behaviour, and skilfully changing the subject. She talked so eloquently on the subject of delicacy and sensibility that Vresac remained confused and tongue-tied. Even I was inclined to believe she was right, for, as you know, I am a friend of both, and was party to their conversation. Finally, she roundedly declared that she would not add the fatigues of love to those hunting, and that she would feel guilty if she were to spoil such agreeable pleasures. The husband came in, Versac was desolated, being no longer at liberty to reply, and addressed himself to me. And after he had at length expounded his arguments, which I knew as well as he did, he begged me to talk to the Vicomtesse, and I promised I would. I did indeed speak to her, but only to thank her, and fix the time and place for our rendezvous. She told me that since her room was between her husband's and Vresac, she had thought it was more prudent to go to Vrsaac's room than to receive him in hers, and since I was in the room opposite, she thought it was safer to come to my room. She would come as soon as her chambermaid left her. I only had to leave my door ajar and wait. Everything happened as we had agreed, and she arrived in my room at about one in the morning wearing no more than beauty snatched from sleep would wear. As I am not a vain man, I shall not linger over the night's details, but you know me, and I was satisfied with my performance. At dawn, we had to separate, and this is where it begins to get interesting. The silly woman thought she had left her door ajar. "'but we found it shut with the key inside.' "'You cannot imagine the first desperate words of the Vicomtesse. "'Oh, no, I am ruined!' "'It must be said it would be rather amusing to leave her in this situation. "'But could I allow a woman to be ruined on my account, "'and I not do the ruining? "'And should I, like most men, allow myself to be overcome by circumstance?' I had to find a stratagem. What would you have done, my love? This is what I did, and it succeeded. I soon realised that the door in question could be broken open, as long as it did not matter if we made a noise. I therefore persuaded the Vicomtesse, not without some difficulty, that she should utter fearful piercings, cries such as, Stop, thief! murder, etc., etc., and we agreed that at the first shout I would break down the door and she would leap into bed. You would not believe how long it was before she could bring herself to do it, even after she had agreed. But in the end, there was no other possibility, and the door gave way at the first kick. The Vicomtesse, "'did well not to waste any time, "'for at the same instant the Vicomte and Vrassac were in the corridor, "'and the chambermaid came running without delay to her mistress's bedroom. "'I was the only one to preserve my composure, "'and I took advantage of it to go and extinguish a nightlight "'which was still burning and knock it over, "'for you can see how ridiculous it would have looked.' to simulate panic and terror with the light still on. I then scolded the husband and the lover for their lethargy, assuring them that I had come running as soon as I heard the shouting and my efforts to kick the door down had lasted a full five minutes. The vicomtesse, who, back in bed, had recovered her courage, once more ably backed me up and swore to God that there had been a thief in her room she protested with great sincerity that she had never been so frightened in her whole life. We hunted everywhere, but found nothing. Then I called the overturned nightlight to everyone's attention and concluded that a rat must have caused the damage and the alarm. My opinion was echoed by everyone, and after the usual old chestnuts about rats... The vicomte was the first to return his room and his bed, begging his wife in future to keep rats of more peaceful temperament. Versac remained and approached the vicomtesse to tell her tenderly that it was love's revenge, to which she answered with a glance in my direction. He must have been very angry then, because he took his revenge many times over. But, she added... "'I am exhausted, and I wish to sleep.' "'I was feeling well-disposed toward everyone. "'Consequently, before we separated, "'I pleaded Vrussac's cause "'and brought about a reconciliation. "'The two lovers kissed, "'and I was kissed by them both in turn. "'I was no longer interested in the Vicomtesse's kisses, "'but I admit that I took pleasure in Vrussac's. "'We left together.' And once I had received his lengthy expressions of gratitude, we each went back to our beds. If you find the story amusing, I shall not insist you keep it secret. Now, I have had my laugh. It is only fair that the public should have its turn. For the moment, I am only talking about the plot. Perhaps soon we shall say the same of its heroine. Farewell. Farewell. My valet has been waiting for an hour. I shall only take one moment to kiss you and urge you above all to beware of Prevan. From the Chateau Day 13 September 17. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I have to admit, I got a little confused when I was reading this letter. Uh, all the all the words, contes, and vicontes, and vicom, and all this sort of thing. And I think it has to do with the fact that I don't speak French. Um, probably. Yeah. I never took French in high school. Junior high, no clue. And so... <laughs> What I get out of this whole letter is that the vicomte, as we know, Vicom, our vicomte, had a lot of fun. And <laughs> they got out of a little pickle when she didn't leave her room ajar like she thought she did. And he really helped her out. So that's what I got out of this letter. I wonder what you got out of it. You know, feel free to call in if you want to. And we can talk about things. Um, I'm not a master of this book. I'm reading it just for the first time and you're listening to it probably for the first time. So we're learning together. It's kind of nice. All right. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Happy hump day. And I'll catch you at the next reading.